0: Hi, I am Rusty Turner, editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and today I'm with Eliza Gaines, the managing editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We're here today to tell you about a project our newspapers will launch together this weekend called COVID Classroom. It's a continuing series examining the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on K-12 education across Arkansas. The first installment will publish in print, replica, and online editions this Sunday, Along the way, we'll be joined today by editors and reporters on our teams who are putting this ambitious series together. Eliza, welcome, Uh, and let's start by telling our listeners a little bit about how this project got started.
1: Sure. Pretty early on after schools closed, the Walden Family Foundation decided to support a couple of news organizations to help them provide more education reporting during the pandemic. So the first step was for our two newsrooms to come up with a list of challenges facing schools as a result of the pandemic, and it was very long, as you can imagine. But we also created a list of success stories like the discovery of new ways to teach and connect, examples of teachers and administrators going above and beyond to make sure that their students were learning in a new environment.
0: That's right, and that, and and so as we work together to develop that the, that story plan, we uh, uh, came up with with we think is uh, what's going to be a very thoughtful and and informative series that's going to help parents and patrons and and. Uh, and people in Arkansas kind of understand what's happening in education and how things may be different, uh, um, uh, once the pandemic has, has passed. Um, we'd also point out that while we're, we're really grateful for the support of the Walton family foundation, uh, this series is, uh, is being independently reported. There's no, uh, uh there's no participation by the foundation in any of the reporting, editing, researching, all the decisions are being made by our local newsrooms and there's no, there's no uh, pre-publication approval involved. We're, uh, we're going to go where the stories and the facts lead us. Uh, so we're, we're excited about the opportunity to bring, uh, bring this information to our readers. Um, we also have with us today Hunter Field. He's an assistant city editor at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And, and Hunter, uh, thanks for being here. Could you talk a little bit about some of the stories that, uh, that we're working on that we'll be able to bring to our readers over the next, uh, next few weeks and months?
2: Yeah. Thanks, Rusty. Um, as you'll hear Emily and Dave talk about this first uh, set of stories that's running uh, this weekend and next are, are kind of setting the stage. They're an overview of where we are, uh, how are our districts uh, planning to go back to school? What are the different creative ways they've come up with? Um, and then in the coming weeks, we're going to look we're trying to be really comprehensive. We're going to be looking at all the technological challenges that come along with trying to have kids learn remotely. You know, Arkansas is always at the bottom of the rankings when it comes to broadband, uh, particularly in rural areas. Uh, we're going to be looking at what is this going to do to this whole generation of students, or and, and how far uh, are they going to be falling behind? Uh, what what are the mental health implications? Because there's so many kids get so many, um, you know, support services like mental health counseling through their schools um you know food insecurity a lot of kids depend on breakfast and lunch from their school districts um and the one thing uh, that sticks out about all of it is is the uncertainty so all these stories could change because it seems like by the week uh there's there's new things happening and uh you know we we may have to, to turn on the spot uh as more uh more developments come forward
0: uh, I think that's exactly right. That's one of the big challenges of this story: is that is that news will often overtake the events that we're we're working on, and we have to change gears uh, pretty quickly. Um, uh, Dave Perozik is here. He's uh, he's a reporter for uh, the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and uh, he's he's uh, he's preparing the overview story to introduce the series that'll run Sunday. So, Dave, can you kind of give us a, a little uh, uh, a little preview of what uh, what that story is going to say?
3: Sure. Um. You know, uh, uh, as an education reporter, you know, ever since this pandemic started doing a lot of stories, pandemic related uh, uh, to schools and, um, but only really in kind of bits and pieces, you know, just, uh, um, but this story that uh, we have coming Sunday is um, kind of gives us an opportunity to take a step back and um, kind of uh, see how we got here and uh, kind of give our readers a uh, an idea of all the different ways that this pandemic has really touched education and, and all of the issues that educators are having to uh, work through as they prepare for the new school year. Yeah, and, and so uh, and examples of that um, uh, would be uh, just the logistics of uh, virtual education and making sure that all, all kids are prepared for. For whatever mode of education that they've chosen, whether that's in person or or virtual.
0: Okay. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks for that uh, that, that that quick uh, tease. And, um, Emily, you're also working on a story. I think it focuses on uh, what parents uh, and 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 school kids can expect if they when they get back to school uh, here in a couple of weeks. And uh, I think your story's uh, going to be published the following Sunday. So can you kind of give us a little. Uh, A little preview of what you're working on and what you've discovered.
4: Sure. Uh, Yeah. So I am working on a story um, just about what different school districts' plans are and how parents and educators are kind of working within those plans um, to make sure that uh, they are doing the the best that they can um, to deliver education safely and to just feel safe. Um, during the pandemic. So, Arkansas has about 260 traditional public and charter school districts with about 1,100 schools among them, and they're not required to come up with operational plans uh, for reopening, but many of them are um, coming up with them and posting them to their websites. They aren't required to be reviewed by the Department of Health or the Department of Education, but they uh, the district's have sought a lot of guidance from, from those places and from the CDC on reopening and um, have chosen largely to offer a 100% virtual option. Uh, however, um, a lot of parents are choosing the, uh, to send their kids back to the classroom, and they're having a lot of very mixed feelings about um, the, the choices that they have. And sending their kids back to school and doing virtual, um, they're still uh, learning a lot from their districts as they have open houses and orientations about just what it's going to be like.
0: And and this is one of those stories that that changed while we were reporting it. Uh, I think it was last week when uh, uh, when mm-hmm. some schools who had planned uh, planned not to have school uh, schools open five days a week uh, got. Uh, were notified by the state that, that uh, they were, gonna have to have, kids are, were going to have to have kids were going to have to have access to schools five days a week. So that kind of changed things in midstream, didn't it?
4: Yes, it did. Um, and uh, I know a lot of school districts maybe um, they weren't exactly sure uh, what they would do at first or exactly what that directive meant of five days a week. So also on August 5th, um, Education Secretary Johnny Key issued uh, some more written guidance on that um, that made some schools feel a little bit more comfortable with some of the plans they had already. Um, and so there are some districts that added a five-day-a-week option or uh, kept some of their current plans but readjusted them so that they could fit um, within that requirement so that kids can come to campus five days a week So. Um, but it definitely threw some of them for a loop, um, because for several weeks, educators had been, you know, coming up with plans for a very specific um, method of delivering their education, and all of a sudden, they uh, weren't really sure if they keep doing that, and some of them, I, I think, are still, are still working
1: it out. I think it's great that the, the series coincides with the start of school, so, you know, the first story is give an overview of the effects COVID has had on education so far, how schools are planning to keep the teachers and the kids healthy, and what the beginning of school will look like. And I think it's important that we mention here that all of the stories will be available online to everybody. Um, you do not have to have a subscription to read these stories.
0: That's right. I think that's, that's, that's also really important because this is the kind of information we need to get. Uh, into the hands of as many uh, people as possible, and so uh, uh, we're, we're pleased to provide this uh, this series for for anyone who uh, uh, who uh, can find it on our website uh, or our websites, I should say, uh, um, in, in Arkansas. Um, uh, we're also not just reporting this story through through text and photos. We've got some other elements, too. So uh, either Hunter or Eliza, would you like to talk a little bit about how else we're going to be reporting this story uh, in the next few weeks and months?
2: Dave may want to talk about that. We're still working on all of ours for for, okay. for, for two Sundays from now. Sure. Um, I know that Dave and Dan had some stuff that they were working on with, with different kind of multimedia elements.
0: Okay. Dave, sure. uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, uh, other other multimedia elements we're working on?
3: Um, Sure. At least with my story, um, we have uh, a video um, which will feature two Northwest Arkansas superintendents talking about um, preparing for for the reopening of schools and um, kind of a little bit about what their summers have been like. Um, And then in addition to that, um, I took, uh, uh, I interviewed over a dozen people, officials, in education from across the state for this story and I've um, I've compiled um, some of the the audio clips from those interviews into um, uh, a little uh, uh, video or uh, if you will uh, uh, to give our readers a little little more uh, from them comments that uh, didn't fit into the story. Um, So uh, those are two uh, additional elements uh, that I've been working on. All right, um,
0: so, and this is for, for any of you, um, have you, have you been surprised by anything that you've learned? Have you, have you come across uh, some information that, that you didn't expect in the, in the process of reporting or, or researching or editing the series? Uh, and I'll, you know, the reporters can answer that or the editors, either one.
4: Yeah, so there have been some things that I've learned that I I really hadn't thought about. Um, You know, I think that teachers are working very hard um, just to make their classrooms safe. And so I've heard varying things about, you know, how they're doing that. Um, And one of the things that I've, I've heard from multiple people was they're hanging shower curtains in their classrooms to separate desks. Um, because some are nervous about the potential fire hazard, perhaps, of plexiglass, um, using too much plexiglass anyway. And so they are are using shower curtains um, and they're just resulting to like some other creative means just to make sure their classrooms are safe. They don't know that the shower curtains will be all that effective, but it's it's an example of the things that people are doing um, just to do whatever they can to make the classroom safe.
2: One of the- I've really been struck by, by all the uncertainty, like I mentioned before. Um, you know, we're, we're not certain uh, even to the extent of, of how much learning was lost last semester because there was no standardized testing so we don't really know where students stand um and and there's really a lot of uncertainty on the district's parts of what's going to happen when there is an outbreak and and we know there's going to be um and part of it may just be they're reluctant to say but a part of it is I, i don't think a lot of districts are quite sure what that threshold is when when do they need to start shutting it down completely
0: i think that's one of the big questions is is you know inevitably there are going to be cases that show up in schools across the state and uh, covid cases that show up in those schools and and what will the response be and and you know of course the expectation of the of the patrons and the parents is, are going to be very uh, different as well uh when when cases start showing up so uh it will be a uh, 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 it will be a very interesting uh and and stressful time for everyone as we as we figure out how we're going to respond to to Cases that, that that crop up, Eliza. The uh, every story, every series we do, we want it to have some impact. So, have, uh, have you any thoughts about what we want uh, or what you want uh, this this series to accomplish for our readers uh, going forward?
1: Sure. Um, there's so many different facets to how this virus has changed the typical school experience, um, how teachers teach and how kids learn, and Um, It has put a huge strain on parents, especially parents who don't have um, an option to homeschool their children. So um, I think if we gather the appropriate data and interview a range of people who are going through this, we can really help provide a guide for educators and parents and students during an unprecedented school year. Um, and like we mentioned, this situation is ever changing, so we will we will bring that to the readers as well.
0: I think that'll that'll be one of our greatest challenges is rolling with the punches as uh, as much as the as much as the school districts and parents and teachers are. We'll we'll be adjusting our reporting and how we go forward as as circumstances change, and that'll yes. that'll definitely keep us on our toes as well. So. Does uh, does anybody else have anything they want to add uh, uh, about this? Anything we've missed before we move uh, before we move on? If uh, if not, I think now's a good time to wrap up. I want to thank our uh, thank our group here. It was uh, it was uh, Eliza Gaines, the uh, uh, managing editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, Hunter Field, assistant city editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Emily Walkenhorst, a reporter with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Dave Prozick, a reporter with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, here with you today. I'm Rusty Turner. I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and we hope you will look for our series, uh, um, which, which begins Sunday, August 16th, uh, in our print editions uh, and also at our websites. They are ArkansasOnline.com and NWAOnline.com and in our replica editions, our replica apps that are available. So thank you very much for listening and uh, check back with us as we, as we uh, present our series, COVID Classroom to you over the next few months. Thank you very much. <laughs>